Hey everybody, uh, welcome to episode 236 of the Bite Me Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Cliff Johnson. I'm joined today by the Dylan. Woo! His name in this is Yams. Can you explain Yams to me, Dylan? I couldn't think of a good name, so I put in Yams. I was like, that's a pretty good name. <laughs> I can never remember. Are Yams the thing that actually exists, or are sweet potatoes the actual thing that actually exists? Or are I most think sweet they, po- they both exist, but no one actually knows which one's what. Fair enough, fair enough. Is how I understand it. Like, I like that I go to the grocery store now, and they say yams and sweet potatoes, and they're just together. <laughs> they're not actually, they don't, they don't claim to tell you which one's what, and they're the same price, so. It's some sort of winter tuber. It'll be yeah, fine. so. And Colby is, is just, what's your name? Are you, are you channeling Eminem? No, no, it literally is just says, what's your name, and. Oh, you just went with it. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair he enough. hit enter. <laughs> hit enter. All right. Well, today we are going to be talking about video games because that's what we do. Uh, Valve is maybe releasing some new hardware. Twitch adds 350 new Twitch tags, including a couple that are weird. Whoa. Um, yeah, it's a lot. Uh, Netflix. 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 Netflix might be making games in a kind of similar way to Apple. We'll talk about that. AMD's version of DLSS. We talk about DLSS a lot lately, and I think there's a good reason. But AMD's version of it's coming out. It looks like it actually could be really cool. And I think, like, I, I can't confirm this, but I think there might be some console implications. I like that idea. And a 20-year-old Xbox Easter egg has been revealed. Cole, do you still have your OG Xbox? I do. Does it work? Yep. We might have to have you hook this up and try it out. Are you willing to hook up an OG Xbox? Nope. Damn. <laughs> All right. We got questions from Vinny, R. Deacon, Princess Megan, Mansox. We've got a bunch of cheap free games. Both the PS Plus and Xbox games with gold were released. And uh, we'll probably talk about games coming out in June at some point. Maybe at the end. Maybe in the middle. I don't know where we'll do it. Maybe it'll be a different podcast. Who knows at this point? It's 4.30 and things are rolling around fine. We'll get it figured. All right. Uh, but first, we're going to start out with what we have been playing. Dylan, you want to go first? Sure. Oh, you played Scary Raccoon Game. Scary Raccoon Game. But we'll get to that last because yeah, yeah. that's yeah, a that's tease. Um, I finally booted up Baldur's Gate 3. Nice. Um, not to be confused with Dark Alliance 3, which is coming soon. However, I did play Dark Alliance the remaster i don't think i talked about that either so i no, guess i, I played so. that too um i am playing through the remaster of dark alliance um i should probably add that in there too um it is harder than i remember i guess um <laughs> i think it 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 reminds me of a time when games were i guess just in general harder like mm-hmm. they made you kind of like grind and run back to save points to like respawn when you're playing with a friend or whatever so um and it kind of takes a while to level up and like get any abilities and a little bit more powerful and like i finally got some good armor so i'm not just dying um it's kind of it's kind of tough um i don't really remember it being that tough um sure. i also think i kind of conflate Dark Alliance with Gauntlet Dark Legacy, which is another dungeon crawling hack and slash game that's nearly identical that was around the same time. Um, So I think I played both of those games. So I probably remember that game more for no particular reason. Um, But it's a a good time. Um, It doesn't look that bad, honestly. Um, It's pretty fun. Um, Nice. Very nice. So that's that's enjoyable but um i am 
planning on kind of playing that before Dark Alliance 3 comes out, which I'm kind of excited is, um, even though it kind of looks a little bit different, there's no couch co-op, which is kind of a bummer. I know a lot of people are kind of sad about that. Um, but it looks, it looks neat. Um, it is coming straight to game pass, which is pretty cool. Um, it also has PC Xbox. Oh, crossplay. Play, oh, that's believe, nice. Which is nice because I'll be able to only have to buy one copy and I'll be able to play with someone on my Xbox up here. Because um, <laughs> that like will be six feet apart like in or I guess in separate rooms playing together, but at least we can and it's kind of like couch co-op that way. Because um, I hated having to break that news the other day when I was like, so the new Dark Alliance doesn't have couch co-op. No! I man, I tell you, I'm so bummed about the the lack of games with couch co-op coming out. Like, I've just convinced my wife that uh, couch co-op Stardew is like the greatest thing in the world. We're like a hundred yeah. hours into that game. I'm like, there's got to be something else we could do like this, and the answer is just no. And it's such yeah. a bummer. I gave you like three games that were, yeah, yeah. Well, that's three. That's three well, games. Three. I yeah. mean, they're all like hundred plus hour games. So, and I think only yeah. one of them actually ended up being couch co-op. I looked at the other couple, and they weren't. So yeah. I thought maybe not. Yeah, I like know. I'm, I am a little bummed at the lack of like hack and slash couch co-op games because it's yeah. like those are so fun. They're just yep. so fun to to sit around and just whack things. But anyway, uh, Baldur's Gate three, another Baldur's Gate game, um, in early access on PC only right now, but will eventually come to everything similar to Divinity. Yeah, um, very good game. Uh, I I think I need to stop myself from really playing it because I don't want to spend too much time playing the early access version and then not really play it when it's full released and really there the shortcoming right now is it's it's in early access it's pretty obvious I think sure. it's not super smooth or polished and there's some spots that are just blatantly like this cutscene doesn't exist yet um which is fine like i understand that i am playing an early access game i don't really care um they've already added a bunch of stuff to it new classes and things um but i even at this point i think i would pick it over divinity which is um i think says a lot because divinity is a very solid rpg but yeah. this it seems to just have more and i don't know if it's an illusion or or what but it just feels like it has more agency and like you can pretty much kind of do anything um it's very kind of free form and it's amazing how well it translates dungeons and dragons fifth edition into a video game very cool which seems like a very challenging thing to do but it it really works pretty well um the rule set's nearly identical from how like attacking and everything works um into damage dice and like all the hit points and weapon damages and spell damages are pretty much straight replications of the dungeons and dragons rule set and it it works better than i expected i kind of expected them to kind of tailor it and kind of be somewhere in between D and um, divinity, but it's really just straight D and D. It, it feels like divinity in the sense that it looks very similar. Sure. 
Um, but when you're playing it, it's really quite different. Interesting. Um, just the way, because Divinity runs kind of on the action point system, mm-hmm. um, where this is very much D&D rules, where you have a move action and you have another action, which can be an attack, and then you have a bonus action and you have a reaction. So it's not so much point-driven. It's like you have this much movement, you can do an action, you can do a bonus action if you have bonus actions with that character. Um, and the classes work very similar. And when you level up, you pick the different perks or attribute bonuses or new spells or whatever. Um, I'm just, I'm very impressed with it. So I can't really wait to see how this gets finished. Do, um, do you have an I idea really, when that's actually coming out I for realsies? Don't think it's really been announced yet. I wouldn't be surprised if it's still kind of far away. It could um, be an E3 announcement, maybe. Yeah. I would love to know because. I at this point I am raring to play it because I kind of played it really hard for about two days. Sure. And at that point I was like I I could keep playing this and I don't even think I'd feel bad playing it over. Yeah. Um, but I just I kind of would love to just experience it when it's done. And unfortunately, it kind of hooked to me that that well, which from something I was kind of skeptical about because I just didn't know if it would feel like divinity and just not really be this or that but yeah it it kind of carved its own path and it's a pretty solid uh game um and aside from that i tried this new game that uh people are very hyped about and i didn't really know anything about and everyone's like download knockout city (laughs) play this game so i was like okay i'll play it because it's free um, and I guess that is important to know. It is free for everyone currently for the yeah. first week of release. It is also just on Game Pass. Yeah, first ten days I think, and it yeah, came out so, like it's so probably only forty-five two or three days left. into that. Yeah. So there's only going to be a pretty much through the weekend I think. Um, but it's super fun. It's super fun. Uh, a game I would be very interested in playing with people. Not yeah. going to grind very much by myself probably, but. This could definitely be, I don't know if it will be the next Rocket League, but yeah. it kind of does fill that same role in video games. Uh, and it, it, it's a pretty solid game um, for those of you who do not really know what this is. It is dodgeball. It's like super dodgeball. <laughs> uh, you can throw curveballs, you can throw lobs, and you kind of run around and just knock each other out. Kind of two hits your you're out kind of thing or and you kind of played a 10 knockouts kind of is generally what the game type is but there are a couple different game types and i assume this will be kind of an ever-changing thing where they rotate different game modes and such uh i know eddie um, uh who hangs out in our discord has been saying great things about it he's looking for folks to play with so yeah i tried to play it with him last night and they had too many people to play with so he's too popular uh, Right. Actually, I think they had four, so the fifth person didn't help because it wasn't enough to be six, and it was too much for 3v3, so um, they could do 4v4 or whatever because they yeah. added a 4v4 mode. Um, but I it's a lot think of fun. I Definitely that. check it out. I'd like yeah. to try it. it sounds um, great. I downloaded it on Xbox and my PC through Game Pass through the EA launcher, which is kind oh, of nice. annoying, but it it works. Yeah. Um, so definitely worth checking out. And then I spent last night, stayed up really late playing Biomutant. 
which is a game I was very excited to play at PAX years mm. ago. Yep. I think it was the first year I went to PAX too in like 2016 or whatever. Um, maybe 27. I don't remember what year it was. It was a long time ago. Probably the first time it was at PAX and then it's been there every every year since because yeah. this game has been in development a long time. Um, but after a couple of years, I, I kind of stopped caring about it. Um, but then I kind of was interested in like an action RPG recently. And I was like, well, Biomune's coming out. Yeah. Maybe maybe I should play that. And I'm happy I did. It's It's very fun. I was starting to get a little upset because I saw the mild reaction to it, I guess. Yeah. Um, and to me, that reaction is very much because of its incredibly long development cycle. Um, it's comparison to very large AAA games. Um, and yeah, it's one of those games that's probably a seven, but that doesn't mean it's a bad game. It's yeah. a it's a pretty solid game um, that does a lot of things very well and a couple of things not so well. Um, and that's my first impression of it. Um, but otherwise, it's it's pretty fun. It's a beautiful game. Like mm-hmm. it looks nice. Um, the story is meh. Um, it's pretty heavy handed and probably really cool to a kid maybe (laughs) um but the writing is just not that sleek it's kind of cool that they're doing this kind of like fable thing like it's like a kind of fairy tale ish kind of like telling this story thing that could be really cool but unfortunately it's just not that cool yeah um but like the actual like exploration and the crafting and all that stuff is really cool. The combat's pretty, pretty good. Um, it's hard to say at this point because I'm, I'm only a few levels in and kind of just getting some new abilities. Because when you start, you're pretty much kind of just hacking and slashing and shooting stuff. Uh, but I think it's it's probably worth a play for a lot of people. I think if that's a kind of game that you like, you will like this game. Um, yeah, is it sixty dollars for you? Maybe you'll you'll wait because it, it's definitely gonna be a game that's cheaper. It's probably not that far down the road. It's on sale um, today on Amazon for fifty bucks. <laughs> right. So yeah. I mean, there you go. You can get it ten bucks off. Um, but I don't think you'll probably be very disappointed. You can skip the cutscenes because there is a lot of exposition in the beginning, and that to me was the biggest turnoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anything outside of those cutscenes and exposition i was enjoying myself um but anytime i kind of had to stop and talk to people i was like this isn't like they had a lot of time to really kind of create a uh, probably a more interesting way to deliver the story because it's not that it's bad it's like it's fine that you're this bio mutant creature in this like post-apocalypse nature world and your parents die and like that's fine. It's pretty cliche. There probably could have been a better way to deliver it and package it a little differently. And it probably would have made the difference of this being an eight or nine game, maybe. And the game is generally, I think, pretty easy. It's not very challenging. Oh, that's um, good. I mean, uh, Cliff's ears perked up. Well, no, yeah. only because I played it at PAX and it seemed like it was going to be very difficult. Yeah, it's not. Like, I 
play I'm playing it on hard and it's not hard um so and it's still early so it's hard to tell but um it's not a it's definitely not like a brutal rpg dark souls anywhere close to that kind of game um i almost wish it kind of went a little because the combat kind of reminds me of the assassin's creed Mm -hmm. and arkham asylum style of combat where you kind of I don't know, dodge the attack when you kind of see it kind of, they give you kind of a cue and you're like, Oh, it's time to dodge your counter. Um, it kind of does that, but then it's kind of floaty and kind of doesn't quite do that. So it's kind of somewhere in between that. I kind of wish it went a little bit more like counter attack, counter attack. Cause I kind of like that. I liked how those games felt cause it made you feel like you were actually like formidable. I don't know. This has a little bit more flexibility, um, but I think it's kind of stuck somewhere in between those, but I enjoy it. Sure. I'm going to keep playing it. So nice. Yeah. I think that game, because uh, like uh, my initial impression of it was like, like I said, I played it a little bit. It seemed fine. Um, but my initial impression of it was that that game was a bigger kind of studio than it actually was. Um, and so when I first right. started seeing, you know, kind of triple a reviews and, you know, it doesn't stand up triple a standards, so on and so forth. Like I was like, Oh, okay, well, whatever, you know, it, like it, I think the the downside is they have a lot of Sony money. And so it makes mm-hmm. it seem like it's a big Sony game. Um, but, uh, Megan Fox, who is the developer of, um, uh, Skatebird, uh, was saying the other day that like their team is only 20 people like right. that. This is effectively like an indie just game. over 20 people. Yeah. yeah. I was reading a review somewhere and it's like, it's pretty solid for a game that was made by a, like 20, like less than 30 people made this game. Um, and that is, and I don't like, I'm a firm believer that you should price your games wherever you feel is the right way to price your game. But I kind of wonder if this game would have been more palatable if it had been priced at that, like, Fifty dollar double A price, and it's so ridiculous that yeah. that seems to make a difference. It's but stupid, but yeah, if it had a forty dollar price tag on it, I bet the review would have been one and a half points more. Yep, and that's um, I think just because literally liked it that's more. every everything I read, which I, I kind of saw through pretty quick. Like it seemed like this game being sixty dollars means it's a six, mm-hmm. and it's like that's stupid. That doesn't yep. ma- that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, um, like Grand Theft Auto is not better or worse because of it's production value like the and whether or not that is sixty dollars worth of a game or not it doesn't it's it stands on its own the same way that you can download a free game and it can be a 10 or you can pay sixty dollars for a trash game like it doesn't it doesn't really mean anything it should be completely ignored honestly yep but I think um, that fifty dollars price point really signals to people what kind of game it is, and that right. this isn't AAA; it's double A, or it's you know and it's expensive like, indie. And I think it's stupid. But is that their fault for presenting a game so well that you thought it was a AAA game? Right. It's like no. Well, um, and and to me, it's kind of like the No Man's Sky effect, where No Man's Sky is a game developed by a tiny studio but that had a big boost from Sony because Sony essentially wanted to hitch its, you know, ride to No Man's Sky. Right. Um, and I think this is kind of the same thing where Sony really wanted to make, even though this is not a, an exclusive, um, right, I think which I they, actually thought it was for a long time. I thought this was a Sony exclusive game yep. and I don't know if it was at one point. No, that's exactly what not, Sony or if it's wants. Just, right. Yeah. Sony buys weird, a, but like oftentimes they'll purchase a, like it's not an actual exclusive game, but they buy the rights to 
kind of brand it along with PlayStation, and so it seems like it's an exclusive game. And I think that's exactly what this is. People start associating it with like, oh, this is a big Sony game. Like maybe this is made by Sony. Right. Is this you know Sony's paying for this? So this is a AAA game, and then it comes out, and it's you know average. And that ended up hurting them mm-hmm. because it was so hyped. Um, Yep. For I don't think any particular reason other than I think they had really engaging artwork. Yep. Like they actually like presented a game that looked really cool and people latched onto that and now it's getting yeah. six point five ratings, which might not be that far off. It might be somewhere between a six point five and an eight at the end of the day, but I don't know. Like it does seem like the reviews aren't really Yeah. I don't know. They're I think they're missing a little bit of on that just a no little i agree bit, but i agree i uh it's and, and same thing though i mean like i look at that game and know that i don't want to pay 60 dollars for it and that's that's a right. fine opinion to which have. is totally fine that's yeah. totally fine because you're gonna play this game when it comes to game pass yep. or something whether it does or not because yeah. of Sony, i'll pay 20 dollars for it at some point or all the thing is is like i look at most triple a games and go like that game looks great i don't want to pay 60 dollars for it like in a, exactly. in a world where game pass exists i don't have to buy any game ever yeah. You know? yeah, and there's just too many games to pay $60 for any game. And this was a game that I was like, I want to play an yeah. action RPG. And this is the new flashy action RPG. I paid $60 for it. And that's fine. And I'm already enjoying myself. And I'm not going to hate that I paid $60 for it. That's what matters. It. Absolutely. Because I just got Knockout City for free. And I'm also having fun with that, too. So Yeah, absolutely. I get it. You want to tell us what you've been playing, Cole? Woo! Um, I beat uh, Tesla versus Lovecraft, nice. and that was a it was a decent game. You know, it's a it's a twin stick shooter, so you know it is if what you it like is. those. Yeah, um, I will say it's like difficulty kind of jumped up at the end. <laughs> um, like I was perfectly fine plowing through it, and then like the last three levels were not easy. Um, I then beat the Avengers and. <laughs> I have mixed feelings about that game because like it was good. Um I liked the the storyline and the single player, you know, kind of thing. Um and I think if it had just been a single player game, that game would have I think people would have liked it. Even getting past the like they don't look like yeah. what they're supposed to look like. Um because eventually I was like, yeah, whatever, you know, like they they look like these guys now. Um, but the games as a service aspect of it, like, was real, like, I don't know, it was kind of wonky, like, I couldn't quite tell where I was supposed to be going, and, like, you know, like, the side missions were not great, um, and so, like, I didn't even bother doing, I don't know, 90% of the side missions, um, but, like, the main missions were really fun, uh, so like I don't know, it's like a weird game where I'm like, if this had just been a single player game, I think people would have, you know, enjoyed this and they would have wouldn't still have made their money back because you know, like <laughs> it's hard to make it, t- billions of dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like I think it would not have gotten as savaged. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. To me, I agree one hundred percent. To me, it's 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 Anthem all over again. Anthem wasn't a bad game. Anthem was super fun. I really enjoyed it, but it was hampered by the fact that they tried to make it a always online need to find some friends to play a video game, and and it made it really difficult to figure out what you were supposed to do next when you didn't. Well, and I also think that it's like what I I'd love to know the actual process here because like it also kind of felt like maybe. 
you know, in the development, they're like, hey, games of service games are really hitting big. Yeah. We should make this, you know, and said, hey, turn this into a games of service game. And it's like, okay. Um, but we were know, already like 80% uh-huh. done. <laughs> because, like, why would you have a games of service game where you have to play for... I don't know, roughly 10 hours before you can actually get to any games as a service part. Yeah. Like, as far as I know, I think you have to beat the entire campaign before you can play. Yeah, pretty much, I think. Like, I don't know. It just felt, like, really weird. And also, once I beat the campaign, there's, like, other stuff. But I'm like, is this, like, is this this part of the campaign? What is going on here? So I just, like, like, I beat the campaign. I'm happy with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I think that it, I like, not that it necessarily has to be a single player game, but it can be a multiplayer game. Yeah. I don't like, I do not like the Destiny style, like incrementally better items. The, like the skill trees is fine. If this was just like a, a beat em up multiplayer game with a skill tree that you got slightly better powers as you go through is a great game. Because mm-hmm. that's where it really delivered. It was it was but, very but, fun that way. But all the items you pick up don't. I don't care at all. The, the items care. were essentially useless. I just put yeah. on whatever was the highest. Whatever one highest number exactly. Just did not care. But even like the skill oh, that tree, one's purple. I'll use yeah. that. Even the skill tree felt like a little wonky in that. Like I'm. I didn't need most of it. I mean, I, I didn't really get a, enough levels that I'm like, oh, sweet, I can really delve into the skill tree. I'm like, well, I'm like level 14, and, you know, like, so I've put 14 points into right. a giant skill tree. Um, it would be like playing, I don't know, Diablo or something and saying, like, well, I put 14 points in and I'm done with the game. And it's like, well, but there's three skill trees on each thing. And, and so it just felt very yeah. strange. Um, I think that game developers really need to realize that you can make a 60 or a 30 hour game and people will play that 30 hour game and go, ah, that's perfect. Like great game. Thank you. And if you make a 30 hour games as a service game, people will finish it and go like, okay, cool. Where's more? And you can, you can't win. You cannot win in the, the games as a service model. I think that if you look at what, um, Destiny is doing. Nobody's ever happy. Like for every change they make, fifty percent of their audience goes like, "Oh, perfect! This is exactly what we want." And the other fifty percent's like, "I need a developer's home address so I can go plant a car bomb." Like, there's no, there's no middle ground. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, like it to me very much felt like yeah, if it was just like a multiplayer game or just like a ten-hour single-player game. Like, I would have been perfectly fine if I'd just gone from mission to mission to mission to mission. But, like, having to go back to the, like, hell or, I don't know, carrier thing. Helicarrier or this base or that base. Well, and, like, a lot of times it's like, go to the next mission. I'm like, where is it? I'm looking all over this map and I don't see where I need to go next. Um, Like, if that had been gone, like, I would be like, oh, this is a really good game. You should play it. But, like, it just feels really not great yeah i tried Um, to go back to anthem because i i liked anthem mm -hmm. and i i very quickly found that as much as i liked anthem it was exceptionally hampered by just not being a game that i could just sit down as a single person and play Uh uh-huh that's super disappointing yeah um and so weird Mm -hmm. then i started subnautica um and if you want a game that will give you absolutely no information Hmm. on what you need to be doing, where you need to be going, what, 
needs to happen for you to progress, Subnautica is for you. Excellent. Um, that being said, like I'm having a lot of fun, but like a lot of it is just me like, yep, I guess I'll just head northwest and go a thousand you know meters and see what's there. Yeah. Um, and you know, like, oh, I, I found this, and I can make. Oh no, I can't make it because I haven't discovered part of this. Like, it seems like I should have discovered this part by now, but I haven't. Yeah. Um, it's fun. Like, is just like a pure exploration game. It's really good, but like, it is one of the least handholdy games I've ever played. Um, I completely i got like a pda and i didn't look at it and so like i'd been wandering around trying to figure out where i was supposed to go next i'm like oh it's just buried in this pda that that's where i'm supposed to go look now um it's fun though i'm i'm enjoying it a lot but uh it's not nearly what i expected it to be um but fun so i think that like I don't want to say that they built their game wrong because that's not that's not <laughs> exactly what I want to do, but I think that Subnautica almost was supposed to be like the Long Dark, uh-huh. um, a game where you aren't expected to live for very long, like that you should just be dying over and over and over and restarting it or something. Yeah, it's, um, because it's like a survival game that you don't die get killed. <laughs> Like, I've died, I think, once in the game. Yeah. Um, It's also, like, they've made some real weird decisions. Like, nothing stacks. So, like, if I can hold, like, 40 titanium, that's it. Because, like, those aren't stacks of 10. That's just 40 titanium. Um, Like, I still don't know how to build things underwater. Like, I've, you know, scanned the blueprints, and I've got stuff, and I, like, tried to build something. I'm like... I don't know, this doesn't make sense, and yeah. I I cannot figure this out. I'm like, I'll come back to that, I guess. Like, yeah. I'll just be happy with my little, you know, emergency submersible and just call it good? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but like I said, it's fun. I'm, I'm enjoying it, but it is... It's a weird game in that, like, I don't know, nothing like what I think should work the way it works works that way. I don't know. Yeah. It's, uh, oddly enough, like, we hadn't talked at all, and I also reinstalled Subnautica this week because it's a cool game that I've played, like, the first hour of, like, 14 times, Mm -hmm. um, and I've just never stuck with it, so. And Subnautica, not two, but, like, Subnautica standalone expansion game, um, got released this week. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. I don't want to buy it. Maybe I should play Subnautica, which I already own a copy of. So, if you told me Subnautica was made by like two people over the span of like seven years, I'd go like, yeah, that tracks. I like, think it might have been yeah, like it, be. it was not a huge team, as I recall. It's it's definitely a a like indie team, as I recall. Yeah, it's fun, yeah. but like it is. I, I would be interested for you to play it because I do not think this is a game that you would like. Oh, interesting. Um, hmm. Maybe I'm wrong, but like it does not seem like something that you would play and enjoy. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. I might have been wrong about Subnautica too. Like it, it's made by Unknown Worlds, which is a company that's been around for like 20 years. So <laughs> they might be bigger than that. But I don't know. Um, yeah, no, I I've played it a little bit, and I've really enjoyed what I've played, but I don't know if I would like it long term. I don't know, we'll see. I'm playing a couple other things right now, so maybe when I maybe when I get done hey, with Cliff, I'm gonna try. What are you playing? What have I been playing? Um I'm playing Stardew. I uh <clears throat> it's interesting 
playing Stardew while talking to Colby because we keep saying things. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, oh, I just finished up the 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 movie theater. And like, oh, we just got to the new island. He's like, new island? And apparently <laughs> the 1.5 update of, uh, of uh, <clears throat> this game added a ton of new content. Um, and I'm just starting to hit it. And I'll say that it's not... I don't want to say that it's not good, but I think it, it changes the way the game plays a lot in ways that I don't love. Um, <clears throat> like, there's a lot of weird things you can do now that are just, like, spend a lot of money for no reason. Um, like, there's literally a new quest where you can buy... So, is her name Pam or Patty? She's the drunk that drives the bus. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's her character, right? <laughs> um you can you can be best friends with her by just giving her a beer twice a week. Call that's that's what I'm saying. Um, there's a, a new quest that all you have to do is spend half a million dollars and you can buy her a new house. They like replace her trailer with a house, and like there's a cutscene and she's like, oh thank you, I really appreciate it. Like the next time you talk to her, she's like, oh thank you, I really appreciate it. But that's it, and it's a half million dollars. Like it's a lot of money. Um, like I'm making a lot of money now, and a half million dollars was still a lot. Um, there's a new quest that like for $300,000, you can just add some shortcuts to the map. Like they remove some bushes. Um, but probably like the biggest thing they add is, well, there's a movie theater, but they add an entire new Island to do. And the new Island is, it's just different. Um, like the one advantage it does give you is it opens up a huge new area that you can farm in and it's always summer there. So you can plant just like a ton of star fruit and just farm them every 13 days and make essentially almost unlimited money. Like you can plant probably four or 500 star fruit over there and make a ton of money every 13 days. Um, but by the time you get there, like, I don't really need more money. Like, every once in a while, I have this kind of, like, Jeff Bezos, like, kind of feeling where I'm like, okay, well, I need to really maximize the amount of money I make. And I'm looking at my bank account in this game. I'm like, I have $1.5 million. There's nothing to spend it on. Like, what am I doing hoarding this money like some sort of weird dragon? Um, but it lets you. But the, the, the entire, like, island is based around finding golden walnuts. Like, you find golden walnuts to open up things like so you you find enough golden walnuts it opens up the farm and you find enough golden walnuts and it lets you build a farmhouse and you find enough golden walnuts and it lets you build a resort there and you find enough golden walnuts to do all this stuff which is unlike anything else in the game and the golden walnuts are hard um they're like difficult to find there's a lot of weird exploration you have to do and some of them involve um like puzzles that are randomized so it's not like i can just go on the internet and look up how to solve this puzzle it's you need to go like there's one where every day it rains on the island, which isn't super often because it's always summer there. You have to go over the island, find a, sp a specific bird in a specific location, and it'll essentially give you a hint about how to, sol how to solve this puzzle. But there's four different birds. So you have to remember on days where it's raining to go over to the island, ignore everything else you're doing on your main farm, and go find this bird four times. It's like, that's not, like, I don't care. I just want I just want more of your stupid little golden coconut so I can unlock things. So I'm, I just don't think it's great. It's, it's not bad, but also like if you're playing that game single player, essentially now you have an entire second island you have to deal with while your farm just goes to hell. Like Brooke and I went over there for like two days. We came back and my farm was like, I don't know, there's like weeds growing and we hadn't harvested anything. It's my cows, fire. my cows like, dude, I've been milked in like three days. I'm like, you'll be fine. We have an auto milker. It's okay. Um, but it just like really divides. Like 
you know, we're playing this game co-op and like half the time now one of us is over on the other island, which is really weird. I don't know. It's I'm, I'm like glad there's more Stardew content because we're like almost to 100 hours in this game. And I think we probably would have given up about 10 hours ago if they hadn't put more content in. But at the same time, I don't think the new content matches the content from Stardew, which is kind of a weird feeling. So I don't know. It's it's. It's not bad, and it was free, so it's not like I'm paying for it. It's it's all right. Um, I am also playing The Wild at Heart, which is probably what I should have led with, really, to be honest. Uh, it's a new game. It's a new game that is out on, I believe, all systems, but it is uh, free on Game Pass if you have that. I think Game Pass PC and Game Pass Xbox, but I don't know. Don't quote me. It's called The Wild at Heart. Go. Well, okay, so here's, <laughs> here's the worst kicker, okay? This game is called The Wild at Heart. The Wild at Heart is also a movie. The Wild at Heart is also a very important part of The Witcher 3. So go search for it. See what happens. Maybe you'll find the game. Maybe you'll find the movie. Maybe you'll find the, uh, the Witcher 3 stuff. Um, try and go find a hint for this game. You'll just fail over and over and over again because... Its name is so common. It's it's incredibly obnoxious. Um, the game itself is gorgeous. It's uh, kind of a puzzle. I don't know. It, like it almost takes some explaining. So you are a kid who's running away from home with your best friend because your dad's. I don't know, in that very tropesy, like your mom died and now your dad can't even look at you because you remind him so much of him kind of, you know, trope. And so you're running away from home with your best friend. You're 12 or 13. You get lost in these woods and end up like falling into like a hole underneath a tree and it takes you into like the, the deep woods. And the deep woods are, uh, I want to say almost like a different dimension parallel to yours where there are these kind of explorers that have been down there for millennia kind of keeping track of it and there's things these things called spritelings and the spritelings are like um i don't know like kind of like the spirits of the forest i guess to some degree and you use the the spritelings you kind of hatch them via these like enchanted tree stumps um and and you're limited at first by how many you can hatch and then you know by um you know progressing in the game you can unlock more and more and more and more and essentially they just follow you around and do whatever you tell them to so like you need fire spritelings to burn down um thorn bushes around things um and you need like you might need like 40 spritelings to like lift a big rock out of the way and conceptually it's very cool in practice like you lose spritelings all over the place they just like get stuck on things and you're like oh shoot i only have 38 of my 40 spritelings where are they that's weird and if you try and go to bed like it's it's got a day night cycle and at night there's just vicious things that will kill you and your spritelings if you try and go to bed you're you're like you've left two spritelings behind they're they're not gonna fare well at night alone and i'm like well I'm not going to fare well if I go get them either, but if they die, then you have to go like f dig up like other Spritling eggs to make more. And I don't know. It's, it's fine, but it's also kind of like you were saying, Cole, one of those games where they just kind of set you loose in the world and hope you can solve off all these puzzles. I, I don't know how many times I've just stared at a puzzle for 45 minutes, just like trying different things. And then I'm like, Oh, I can, I can use both of these platforms to put stuff on and, and that'll trigger it. Like the game wasn't very definitive about that. Or, you know, I, I'd kind of thought I'd done everything. And then I realized that the like path you take to get kind of into the game, you need to go back to that, even though there was really no indication that you needed to go back to that. So like progress is slower than I'd like. And the game's not, 
don't know. I felt kind of that way about about Spirit Fair too. Is I'd get to a point where I'm like, "What's next? What am What am I supposed to be doing?" And the answer was like, "I don't know. Just kind of roll around until you find the thing you're supposed to be doing." Like literally, the the probably the first post in the subreddit is like, "Don't know what you're supposed to be doing? Well, just go visit everywhere you've already been before." I'm like, "Well, that's not." fun i don't i don't want to just like traipse around and like every night all the bad guys come back so it's not like i'm just exploring where i've been it's like i'm exploring where i've been killing everything i've already killed and oh i can only explore about a quarter of it before night falls and i've got to go hide in a tent somewhere so it's it's not bad like i'm making it sound worse than it is i think because it it is very enjoyable the puzzles are kind of fun um the, it's pretty well written. It's got kind of an interesting story and all the characters are very interesting and unique. And, and it's probably one of the more attractive, like kind of top down adventure kind of, it's got a really good cartoony style. Um, and it kind of reminds me a lot of uh, Nights and Bikes, which is a really good game. Um, but I don't think it's as good as Night and, Nights and Bikes. And I think that Nights and Bikes being co-op really added a lot to it. And this game is easily could have been co-op. There's two characters you could both control, you know, one control one, one control the other. You spend a lot of time actually controlling one character and then having to go make the other character do something else. So it, it would have been a great um, like split screen co-op game, but it doesn't support it, which is kind of a bummer. So it's one of those games that I would not be shocked at all if a year from now they introduce co-op too and I'm going to go like, well, do I really want to replay this again? Um, or they won't and everyone will just always be disappointed about it. So, um, don't don't take me complaining about parts of it like as a reason not to play it though it's very good it's very fun if you like adventure games i think you would like this game if you like puzzle games i think you would like this game it's just not it's just not perfect and also it's it's new enough like like wait a month to play it when there's like better hint guides out there when there's better walkthroughs because that would alleviate if i could just go out and look and see what the answer was, it would be way easier a lot of the time than not. So anyway, that's, that's, that's what we're playing, I guess. Um, Woo. all good. Uh, Patreon, we're, we're way far into this podcast for only <laughs> talking about what we've played. That's okay. There's not a lot of news. Uh, Patreon, we would like to thank all the wonderful people that support us on this podcast. Uh, we except have one, except you know one, you. you know who you are. Uh, that's not true. We love all of our patrons. Um, we will read your name though. If you give us $10 a month, you can go to patreon.com slash bite me podcast, donate in the one, three, seven or $10 tier, $10 producers we read. So thank you to John Tippins, Sean Palmer, Austin Palmer, Alan Schulte, and Joe Cole Jr. You guys and all of the rest of our patrons make, uh, this podcast happen every week. Again, you can go to bite me podcast.com slash Patreon or patreon.com slash bite me podcast you can just mix all those words up in any way you want as long as dot comes in the middle that's that's how it works and uh and donate to us uh dylan news all right first up this week based on what was originally kind of sketchy evidence from the guy who created steam db but uh since confirmed by ars technica uh, it looks like Valve is going to be releasing a handheld Steam console called the, at least tentatively called, the Steam Pal. So, uh, based on kind of, uh, Steam Pal's a bad name. Like, we can we can just agree right now, Steam pa- Pal is a bad name, right? It should be Steam Buddy. <laughs> Steam Buddy, Steam yep. Buddy, right? Wherever you go, he goes. Yeah, it's going to be great. How about just the Steamer? No. That that sounds like a sex move involving poop. That's something I have to look up on uh I believe it is. Dictionary. 
That's a it doesn't even theater. sound like it just is. So there's a there's a store out here, um, which is it, it's strange that it's local to like me too, and it's called the it's called Tacoma Screw, and every time I drive past Tacoma yes. Screw, I'm like that is a that is a store that you need to look up on Urban Dictionary. Yeah, last night I gave her the old Tacoma Screw, and I'm like, well, what does that mean exactly? But apparently they just sell like fasteners, so whatever. Um, but every time I drive by, man, every time. <laughs> It should be, yeah. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Colby forgot what podcast he's on. <laughs> I thought better of something. This isn't our uh, our bite me podcast after dark <laughs> episode, <laughs> which we should totally do. Anyway, Steam Pal, bad name, interesting idea. Um, apparently, this is going to be very similar to a uh, like a Switch, um, and we'll play. Uh, first of all, the hardware apparently is all going to be 100% made by Steam. At least that's what they're saying now. So it's not going to be like when they tried to make, um, what did they call those things? The, the Steam, cuter, Steam computers that were like... The Steam machines? Yeah, Steam machines, where they were made by like Alienware and Dell and everyone, and they just couldn't get them working. Um, Does Steam want to hire me to name things better? <laughs> Colby, you would have just named this thing the Steam Handheld. Admit it. Fine. That's still How better about Steam than Boy. Oh, Steam, Steam Boy. Yeah, yeah. I've already forgotten its name. That's how it's bad the it is. Steam Pal, Colby. Uppercase P, all one word. Um, so apparently they're going to make Damn. this hardware themselves internally, kind of like they've been making some of their, uh, or maybe with a single partner, like they've been doing their new VR setups. So, like, I think this could actually work depending on pricing. Um, the games are going to run on that, like, Steam Linux that they have that apparently is pretty easy to port to. Like, a ton of games already run on it. Um and like, I think if they can make this work like the Switch where you can play it docked on a TV, this could actually be really successful. Or you don't need to be docked even. You just plug a, an HDMI into it. Like, this is something that priced competitively, like, they're not going to be able to hit $300 like a Switch. Like, there's just no way. But if they could sell this for, like, I don't know, five or $600 and it, it could play a lot of games on Steam, like, I would give some very very strong consideration to getting one just because like you know the vendor you know that they're going to support you know the hardware you know that they're going to try and make it work with their catalog um and there's just there's a ton of steam games that i really want to play on my tv that i don't want to play on my on my computer like i just don't working from home i don't want to sit at my computer longer than I'm already sitting at my computer, I don't think. So, I don't know. What do you guys think? Is that something that would interest you if, you know, make your own assumptions about it, I guess? Maybe. Is it based on pricing for you? Yeah. 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 I'm not going to pay $1,000 for this, but I might pay, like, somewhere between four and 600 for this. I have a yeah. lot of Steam games that I can't play. I so know. Same. Maybe. I have like a thousand Steam games and a lot of them that so many indie Steam games. I mean, like literally I was just sitting here and uh, I saw some new game coming out. And I'm like, oh, that'd be really fun. Oh, it's only on Steam. Like I, I'm, yeah, you know, so I don't know. What do you think, Dylan? I think this is a big no from me, dog. A big no from me, dog. What, what doesn't intrigue <laughs> you about it? Like you already have a Switch and you already I, have a PC? Yeah, and this seems like one of those things that's going to happen and no one's going to care about it at yeah. all. 
I and I I think I'm gonna hypothesize to say that in general, PC gamers don't care about this because they play games on their PC. Like that's kind of the point. So it's like it's somewhere in the middle that hits a small group of people, maybe like us, but that's yeah. just not what most people are actually after. And it's gonna be a steam machine all over. Yeah, I, I where think just like no one really cares. Like it might be really neat. I don't think so. Yeah, I think you do really have to look at. You do have to look at Valve's like pedigree of hardware. Like they've done a couple of VR machines that have been very good. Like the I, I don't can't yeah. remember what their their VR thing is, but whatever it is, is by far the best VR you can get. It doesn't mean it's selling the best. It doesn't mean that right. anything, but it is, if you want the highest quality VR you can buy, it is the one to purchase. Um, just flat out. But it's $800, too. Um, sure. And for 300 bucks, I can get a Quest 2 that I don't need a PC to hook up to that I can also hook my PC up to. So, you know, I think when you look at Steam Machines, they were a flop, but I think we know why they were. Like, that just it was probably too early. Yeah. They tried to hit an unrealistic price point. Like they wanted those things to sell for $350 and like the hardware just wasn't there. Um, mm. And then, you know, you look at like uh, the steam link. It's a cool piece of hardware that I think just never quite worked as well as they wanted it to. Their controllers were weird. Um, maybe, maybe the problem is that steam valve just doesn't exactly understand what people want. And I don't know, this could go either way. I'm, I'm I'm very excited about it, but like cautiously excited about it. There are there are definitely ways that this would. I mean, to be frank, I've had a gaming PC hooked up to my TV for six months now that I have not been able to use because I can't buy a damn video card for it. So like, <laughs> I could spend five or six hundred dollars on a video card and have that PC work, or I could spend five or six hundred dollars on a Steam Pal, and. And then you'd have to live with yourself knowing you own a Steam. I'd have to, hopefully, like, hopefully this is just a, <laughs> this is, I think, I think the, the bummer thing is, is like, I look, I always look at like the Xbox names. I'm like, oh yeah, Scorpio. I'd love to own a Scorpio. And they're like, Xbox One Series X. X. One. I'm like, mm, maybe it'll get. I like the Scorpio. Yeah. Maybe, maybe this one will get better when they rename it to its actual production name, but it'll probably just be called like the Steam Pal. Steamy. Yeah. yeah. There's. <laughs> Steam. I would play a Steamy the Steam Pal. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I, I'm like I said, cautiously, cautiously optimistic about that. Uh, Twitch has added 350 new Twitch tags, and I, like I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist here. Like people have been begging Steam to add new. Uh, tags for the longest time, longest, longest time, because what people really want is they want um, a lot of uh, people have been asking for them to add like gender specific, uh, sexual orientation specific kind of stuff, because what they want to do is like trans gamers want to watch trans folks stream on uh, on Twitch, knowing that they'll be in a friendly community. They've had a, an LGBTQ tag for a long time, but that was a very like blanket everything here. Um, they've been asking for more specific things because they want to be able to view more specific, more specific streams. Um, and the way this came out was like, hey, Twitch is... Twitch is doing all these new, cool, kind of woke tags, which I think is great. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that in any sort of negative way. But then they also quietly, they're like, also, we introduced a new tag for um, people streaming from hot tubs and people streaming on beaches, which our advertisers don't like. Um, 
and, and so like there's there's a part of me who's like did they do this because they wanted to be inclusive or did they do this because they wanted to be able to demonetize um hot tub streamers and beach streamers that's that's a question i don't know i think it's cool though what do you guys think i, would I say don't probably watch more Twitch. Yeah, more coincidence i guess you think it's it could be it absolutely could be yeah the hot tub thing is just crazy like I, i've tried to like read about it a little bit and i guess if you yeah, if, if you mean, don't know what we're talking about um so twitch has some pretty strict rules about nudity um but like you can essentially i, I think there was like some weird rule where as long as it's like it's contextual. Yeah, contextual. So, so you can't stream. If in you're a swimming, you can be in yeah. a bikini. And so, therefore, a, if you put a hot tub in your house, and by hot tub you mean you can wear a pool. bikini, <laughs> right? Then I it, can't imagine these are warm. I just imagine all these girls sitting in cold water in their bikinis. It's just it's it's wild. Some of but, them are I mean, making you a do you, man. fortune though. Like I can't. Yeah. Like the girls go for it. Like if you can, I don't remember who. I don't remember what her name is, but the like the premiere one had mm-hmm. tens of thousands of viewers of watching her in a pool in a bikini, like doing tarot readings. Like man, if you can, if you can make that, hey, you gig do you, man, every day. Um, but of course, like the just like so often you see on Twitch people started complaining about it not because they not because they think it's actually wrong or actually inappropriate or actually anything but it's because they think that those girls with no talent are taking away viewers that could be watching them play Call of Duty Warzone and I'm like no. I'm, I'm guessing those are the same uh, it's the same audience right audience yeah no. And but but like yeah, people that, legitimately believe that they're like I you know all those all those girl streamers who just you know stream Call of Duty Warzone wearing a tank top like no. they're pulling away from me I'm like no, no they're they're not no they're not no but it's it's just yeah none of those people watching that stream are gonna watch me stream Tetris yeah it's just not it's they're not, not the same people do you think um, those people don't understand like counter programming no like like oh let's see there's some huge action movie being released oh but there's also some sort of period girl movie maybe if they just got rid of that period girl movie like it would you know get more things for the newest sylvester stallone movie like no that that's not how it works well i mean these are honestly the same people who are like we don't like accessibility in games we don't like easy modes in games because easy mode like they have to take all that time to put in an easy mode they'll have less time to make the game that i want and i'm like well okay (laughs) but they'll also have twice the money because more people buy this game maybe they can make two of them i don't know it's gamers are gonna gamer right that's what it is pretty much all right uh so colby you are a subscriber to apple gaming mobile subscription I i don't know what that thing's called apple Arcade. Apple arcade. Arcade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you subscribe to that, Dylan? I don't, but I've passingly been considering getting the, uh, like, the, I think it's called Apple One. Yeah, that's a Colby Which has. is yeah, getting all of the services now that that's available. Yeah. The only problem is I, and actually I'm leaning more towards it now because of, you can listen to Apple Music mm-hmm. on your Echo devices now. Oh, nice. Which was originally why I switched from Apple Music back to Spotify was solely because I couldn't listen to um, Apple Music on Echo at the time. Um, But I actually, I think I prefer the Apple Music interface 
this is a tangent. No, but, I get it. But otherwise, the music selection is nearly same. identical. Yeah. Occasionally, you there are a couple weird like one-off tracks that aren't available on one or the other, yeah. um, which I find kind of strange. But anyway, that's not what we're talking about. I but, was no, watch I'm Ted not. Lasso. Oh, so Ted Lasso is so good. So good. Um, I I do not subscribe to it. I have in the past. Um, I just haven't. I, I let it lapse because I wasn't playing. I don't know. I've got an iPhone Seven that heats up to like roughly the surface of the sun when I play games on it. So it's not. It's not great. Um, anyway, that, that we're talking about Apple just because I want to give you context for what we're actually talking about. Um, Netflix has apparently been really. Um, been talking to a lot of like key people in the gaming industry, uh, key executives in the gaming industry, and are trying to like snipe someone away from a, uh, a established gaming uh, company in order to create their own model that apparently will be very similar to Apple Arcade. So, um, what <laughs> is this good? Interesting. Uh, talk to anyone from the uh, Google thing. I know, that's, that's they're, they're, exactly what I was like. I don't know if anyone's left, though, Cole. <laughs> I mean, who would they Dropping who game they people take? like flies. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, they're interested in creating their own kind of Apple Arcade-esque business model, which I think is interesting because it does give them that kind of same Apple uh, ecosystem where, you know, you can bundle that with Netflix. Maybe your Netflix is currently $15, but maybe for $18, you could add Netflix arcade and get some, some games. And so there's not a lot of, uh, buzz yet around whether that will be, um, you know, games they make themselves, where they're actually going to build stuff in house, or they're going to kind of like Apple did, where they just hire, you know, essentially pay a bunch of devs to make stuff specifically for them. They are apparently wanting to go with the kind of ad free model like Apple does, which I think is great. Like, I, I really like what Apple Arcade's done. I just kind of wish you could buy those games separately as well. Um, not because I'm against the subscription, but just because, like, every once in a while I'm like, oh, there's that one game I would really like to play. So I don't know. What it would, is that something you I'm pretty would, pretty sure that's the point. Oh, absolutely. The point absolutely i get it yeah i like, want grindstone yeah. but i don't want apple arcade yeah and that's i've been wanting to play grindstone but now it's on pc so i'm probably just gonna get it there oh, nice. and say, screw you apple arcade um <laughs> like i mean assuming that like they had i mean it's kind of a weird question but is it something you'd be interested in i mean at least even conceptually like you have apple arcade so you know you probably wouldn't want both um well is this is this just going to be stadia the right way could be absolutely could be i mean that's the thing is it doesn't necessarily then, say yes. that this is mobile <laughs> like it could be they could be doing stadia the right way uh, i don't know if they have the infrastructure right. for that but maybe i mean that's kind of what i think otherwise otherwise i think it's just gonna be another stadia situation yeah. where it seems really cool and it's not because i don't think netflix really i don't i don't perceive them becoming a player in video games well and it, it doesn't necessarily mean that these games are streaming to you either like i mean they could be like that is kind of netflix thing sure. but uh, i as i recall and and someone could correct me but i'm pretty sure that netflix's servers run on amazon's servers yep they're on AWS. Which makes a really interesting question. Like, how does Netflix running on AWS compete with Luna also running on AWS? Oh, oh, I don't think you understand how this works, Cliff. Amazon doesn't give a shit because they get money. Well, no, I mean, yes. Hey, Cliff, Netflix runs on AWS. What's Prime? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, like, all of the video system things run on AWS. 
Amazon doesn't care because they get a, a lot, lot of money. money for that. I think that it's, every once in a while, though, you see these weird, like, pissing contests where, you know, oh, you know, we're not going to put YouTube on, you know, the Amazon, you know, whatevers or the, you know, you, you get these weird little. That's generally like Apple, though. Yeah. So I don't know. I, it'll be interesting to see. I'm like, again, I, there's so few details that it's, you know, who knows that this could be magical. It could be terrible, but it's interesting to, yeah. to kind of think about in a world where I might be able to, you know, bundle a gaming service with my Netflix. My Netflix yeah. is already expensive. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I think if it becomes a Stadia thing, then maybe yeah. if I just think about the fact that like, yeah, you think Netflix has done some really good TV shows and stuff, but they've also made a lot of not, not good stuff too. So like <laughs> it's, it's like they hit one in a hundred, yeah. like in reality. So anytime someone says like, Oh, Netflix, they make such good stuff. It's like, no, they don't. They just make a they, lot of stuff. They've made so much stuff that they have, str- they have a stranger things pop out. Yeah. Like that's, it's not, they're not, they do not have this long running track record of good content. Yeah. They make a lot of shovelware. So well, if they get into video games, I assume it's going to be the same thing. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of by design. That's why so many Netflix shows get canceled after one or two seasons is because people don't buy Netflix to like you right. know, things. You need new shows. And so yeah. they're constantly canceling old yeah. ones to put on new ones to get different, you know. And right. they've canceled. But like, hey, if that gives, good. if that gives a lot of game developers a, a job though to make games that are put out there to see if they're hits that's fine like i don't know it might have benefits to actually like have people making games i would um, love to see indie developers get more of that i think they're they're, getting funded that way indie games are such a are so hard and outside of this country like i don't know if people realize that but like if you live in canada you live in australia you live in the uk like there are funds inside of their like arts funding to pay for video games like if you if you pay attention to like the credits in your video games all the time those things are like you know funded via you know a canadian grant or a you know grant from quebec or a grant from the australian government um they literally give out money to small indies to make video games as part of their their kind of art outreach the united states does not do that at all like you can't get a a grant from the government to make a video game here um and so, like, I think that that's a way that, um, well, and especially, like, because we don't have universal health care, like, there's a lot of risk in starting your own indie studio, just even trying to insure yourself, um, unlike a lot of other countries. And so I think that, you know, when you can get a Apple or a Netflix or a, you know, Game Pass or whatever to say, hey, we'll fund the entirety of your video game, like, you just need to release it on our system, that's a pretty good trade-off in guaranteed money for a lot of small indie developers that wouldn't be able to do it otherwise. So I'm, I'm a fan. I think the real answer to this is is I probably won't be getting it because I doubt the person whose Netflix I steal will be getting it. <laughs> Maybe you'll just have to steal my Netflix instead, Cole. That works. Yeah, it'll, it'll be fine. As long as I don't have to pay for it. It's, it's all that matters. Uh, all right. AMD's version of DLSS could be pretty cool. I, I've got a couple couple thoughts about this. So, uh, again, if you don't remember what DLSS is, you remember, don't you, Cole? We nope. talked about it like no last week. It's the, it's, uh, I don't remember what the DL stands for down something super down sampling low. um it's it's where they take a game they render it at 1080p and then they uh, upscale yeah. it via machine learning to run at 4k and it so you can run essentially often you'll gain like 20 or 30 frames a second um versus running it at 4k alone and it looks 
nearly indistinguishable from it. Um, currently, that is a NVIDIA-only thing. DLSS is the NVIDIA version of it, and it only works with NVIDIA cards, and it only works on games that have had DLSS applied to it. Um, AMD has a, uh, a competing uh, version that is just about ready to be released. It's called Gaming Super Resolution, which, you know, sure, it's fine. Um, and uh, part of that is the Fidelity FX Super Resolution. So what these are is it's the exact same thing as DLSS, or at least to the end user, they're the same thing as DLSS, but it runs on any hardware. So any AMD hardware, any NVIDIA hardware, it should run. And uh, it is not uh, specific to a game uh, or necessarily specific to... Um, a game that is programmed with it. So in theory, this will boost any game on any card and give you that that super sampling where you just get a bunch of frames. And the thing that, that intrigues me about it is not necessarily that there's a competing standard. Um, you can think about this kind of like, uh, like monitors. Are you guys familiar with um, G-Sync versus um, FreeSync? So no. in computer monitors... I know they exist. Yeah. So what, what that does essentially is if you have a NVIDIA card and a monitor that supports G-Sync, um, the frame rate between the two will sync up so you'll never get screen tearing. So if you have... If, you're, if your NVIDIA card can push... Um, 53 frames a second, it'll sync your monitor to 53 frames a second so you get a far steadier frame rate and, and don't have screen tearing. And that only works with NVIDIA cards, with NVIDIA monitors, whereas FreeSync is the AMD version of it that works with any AMD card. And Well, and, and you, I guess the, the rub here is too, you have to license that from NVIDIA. Like you pay money to have a, a G-Sync card and a G-Sync monitor and, and you know, there's a licensing fee, whereas AMD's is open source and free. So um, you have a better chance of kind of running into it. But this is, this is kind of the same idea here. But either way, long story short, like cool technology. But what interests me most about this is both the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X run on AMD cards. So in theory, if this could be pushed into those systems, you might be able to do, you know, these new super resolution uh type frame rate boosts on your your Xbox or your PS5 and get better frame rates, more stable frame rates um, on a 4K TV without actually having to push nearly as hard, which is, like, again, I, I don't care about frame rates. I really don't. But for people that do or people that really care about stable frame rates, if this works out like it potentially could, this could actually be really awesome for console players, whereas in the past this has only been a PC thing. So kind of interesting. Yeah, Colby looks enthralled. Uh, all right, here's here's Colby's part of the story. Everyone has to write in and tell Colby to hook up his Xbox and try this. Okay, are you gonna do it? <laughs> no, ah, you suck. <laughs> My Xbox, unfortunately, when I moved to, to Seattle, I plugged it in. It made this popping noise and then didn't turn on. And I recycled it. it and I again. really wish I'd kept it because I probably could just replace the power supply in it, and then I'd have an OG Xbox. But whatever, neither here nor there. Um, I so, still have mine. You can do this, Dylan. Will you do know. it for us? I could. No. No. It's okay. So uh, the original <laughs> Xbox came. I'll lie and say I did. It's fine. Uh, it came about about 20 years ago, and apparently one of the original developers has been, like, 
this is a an Easter egg that they've kept on the DL for like well, 20 years. Um, apparently, if you go to the music section of your Xbox and insert an audio CD, on the audio CD screen, you'll need to select copy, then click copy again, and then choose new soundtrack. It'll then ask you to rename the soundtrack title, which you need to rename as Timmy with like... 26 Ys. 26 Ys. And uh, it will display a credit scene listing all those people who worked on the original Xbox dashboard. And apparently it does actually work, and they've kept it a secret for 20 years until someone tipped off Kotaku. So are you going to do it now? Oh, Nicole? hey, guys. I just I just tried it, and holy crap, it actually works. <sighs> wow. That's all. Like, it's weird that I had a an audio CD handy considering, you know... It's 2021. Considering I, I don't. <laughs> and I tried it, and holy crap. You are a liar and a thief, and I'm disappointed. All right, Dylan, what's up? <laughs> That's the next section, Dylan. Just do it. Just do it. Hey, yo, Vin. D- don't make me edit this. I don't want to edit it. I'm tired. <laughs> Were you even alive day. when the, the first Xbox came out? <laughs> Barely. Then he was probably, what, two? <laughs> three, maybe? <laughs> oh. I just moved to Michigan. It was it was a long time ago. Uh, Vinny wants to know, sorry, he's been really busy with finals week. That was really more of an apology as to why I had to ask him for a question as opposed to him just supplying one. And I think that's a perfectly valid excuse, and I think we should all wish Vinny a uh, very best of luck on his finals. Um, I think he's only got... I think this is his, he can't be, he's going to graduate. Is this his final final? I don't think so quite yet, but dude's going to. Is he a doctor? He is, I think he's an accountant. Um, Same thing. Going to be an accountant. That's like a money doctor, I think. It's a money doctor. That's exactly right. Um, I've taken a bunch of accounting classes. Doctor money. Like in the last three months. And I'm glad people like Vinny exist that want to do this professionally. Because you know what? I don't want to even ever think about again once I graduate accounting ever uh anyway Vinny wants to know do you think going forward bethesda games are going to be xbox ecosystem exclusive so xbox pc x cloud wherever game pass exists so on and so forth specifically is starfield going to be exclusive as it's the first bethesda game being made without pre-existing agreements with other companies um and also uh exclusive overall suck but if they are exclusive do do you think this is a good idea one way or the other I think that you may see timed exclusives, but I don't think you will see exclusive exclusives. Uh, uh, Starfield is going to be an exclusive. I don't even know what Starfield is, so I'll take your word on that. Um, Sounds like space. It is space. It is a a Bethesda space game, so it's Fallout or Skyrim in space. Jenkins space. Jenkins space. Um, It is going to be a, a... console exclusive or I'm sorry it's going to be an Xbox only exclusive and I'm only saying that just because it's been confirmed by numerous people that it is going to be an Xbox exclusive so past that I don't know I think I think you guys are probably right where it probably will be I think things like Skyrim and stuff you may see like hey this is a you know 90 day exclusive or something but I don't see them just being like, yep, nope, it's, it's ours now. So I guess the thing is, is does it matter? Like when you're Xbox and you can say, you can buy this game for $70 on the PlayStation 5, or you can get it free on the Xbox, do they need it to be exclusive? 
Know. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. I don't know if those are those might be system sellers, but I don't know. I mean, they're big. Like I mean, obviously, yeah. you don't pay eight billion dollars for a company and not think that they're going to do something to your bottom line. But yeah. I, I just I don't know if they need to be exclusive. Um, I, I really don't. Um, unless that it is. I, I don't know. I think at this point, Xbox cares way less about selling systems and sells cares way more about selling their ecosystem. I think that they would take a person subscribing to Game Pass on a cell phone over selling them an Xbox. Like, I think if they had the choice, they would rather not lose the money on selling an Xbox and get that 15 bucks a month, you know? Yeah. So I don't know if they need it to be exclusive, to be honest, um, as long as people are buying them in the ecosystem. So what do you think, Dylan? Um... Well, I was going to ask a question. Oh, please That's, do. Do do you do you care less about whether a game's exclusive or not if it's on Game Pass? Because I would say if they're going to put these games on Game Pass, I am less annoyed that it's exclusive. I I think that exclusives I dislike exclusives across the board for two reasons. And one is I think that they are anti-gamer. Um, I think that, that an exclusive is exclusives are bad for gamers as a whole. Um, and I think it matters less with single player games, um, but I, I, I still think they're bad. But I think that the other half of gamers is that um, exclusives make for really obnoxious people. I think that that the discourse around my system is better than yours because of exclusives makes for far more obnoxious people. Um, and I think those obnoxious people start there and become more obnoxious about other things because of, of that. Like, I don't want to say there's a direct link between, um, exclusive video games and the alt-right, but I'm not going to say that there's not. Um, I, I think that, that you could, you could draw a dotted line between those two. So I, I just, I don't like them. I think exclusives are bad. So I don't disagree, <laughs> but if I, I agree though, like if, if you're going to make it, make it free, it, like I don't, I don't think I can complain though if Xbox is like, these are games are for Game Pass. Yeah. Like I, I, like it's like they're giving them to you for your membership. Yeah. They don't need to put them anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think that's completely fair. Yeah, I, Whereas if you're just gonna hold a game hostage on your system, I think that it's kind of different because it's like, no, this is part of your Xbox membership well, as you get these games. And I think there's a huge Like yeah, it's still kind of it's still kind of membership y, which is kind of weird, but I don't know. Like I, I think there's also a huge difference between saying I am tying this game specifically to the PlayStation like Returnal, right? Returnal is a game that you can only play if you own a PS5. Like, that is as exclusive as you can get. To me, there's a huge difference between saying it is exclusive to the PlayStation 5 versus you can play it on your Xbox One X, your Xbox One S, your Xbox probably, you know, Pro, you know, Xbox One Pro for a little while longer, your Xbox regular, you know, your Xbox One X or One S for a while you can play it on your cell phone you can play it on your pc like to me there's a big difference between availability on a single platform and an availability on at least three platforms um when you include cloud streaming so their exclusives are significantly less exclusive i mean anyone with a cell phone can play an, X an xbox exclusive i can only play returnal by locating and killing a person with a ps5 and stealing yeah. it from them so 
I'm not gonna play Returnal because its name is stupid. God. Its name. It's doesn't Returnal <laughs> sound like some sort of like drug you'd get, like if you have IBS. To me, it yeah. sounds like something that someone would call someone and be like, "Dude, it's 2021. <laughs> we don't say that anymore." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a terrible. It's just name. like a. Is it like is it return with a U or is it Returnal like eternal with an R? I think it is Returnal with an R. So it's like return. Al, um, it's a it's a it's a roguelike, so I think it's supposed so it's to be like, like a, you're eternal, but you are on a loop. Yeah, it's I think it's supposed to be essentially a play on words. But if you don't know what kind of game it is, so I gotta ask you guys a question: Have you have you ever seen the the protagonist from this game? It's like a, a lady inside a spacesuit. I've never no. seen this. Okay, game. I need to find. Let's see, Returnal. I need you to look at this this chick because. Every time I see it, I'm like, why is her head so big? And so, like, everyone else, just go search up Returnal and, and look at this this picture. Like, okay, so you look at that. Doesn't her face look like it is way too large for that helmet? Where did you put I it? I put it in the, the show notes. Oh. Okay. Not the chat. Not the chat, sorry. Well, it's a picture. Like, I posted the actual picture. Like, doesn't her head look like it's the wrong size for her body? It looks like her neck's too long. Like her neck's like nine inches long, and then her face is like filling this entire thing. It's super weird to me. I would be claustrophobic if my head was that big in a small Right? It also looks like the the tall woman from... uh, Oh, Game Game of Thrones. Thrones. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just... Every time I see Returnal, all I can think is like, what's wrong with her head? Why is it so big? Anyway, neither here nor there. There you go, Vinny. So, um... That's definitely not what I was expecting this game to be about. I don't know. I don't know what it's actually about. I am. I didn't think I could be less interested, but I am less interested now. Let's see. It is a third-person shooter roguelike developed by House Marquee. Uh, it, the game follows Celine, an Astra scout who lands on the planet Atropos in search for the mysterious white signal and finds herself trapped in a time loop. I, Astro Scout sounds like something that would have been said in like 1980 movie about like the future. They're like, I don't know, throw Astro on it. It'll be except you're like, a space futuristic. pioneer. See, here's where it's different. Call it's Astro. Astro Scout. Astro. Oh, Astro. Astro Scout. See the difference there? Is that I don't know. Is I, that a inside of a? I I don't know, man. I don't know. People people like, that have played it seem to either really hate it or really like it. Um you know it's it's fine that seems pretty par for the course these days i mean let's be honest like one of the last games that these people made that i've ever heard of was the angry birds trilogy for the ps3 so that game was pretty great um they also made supreme snowboarding in 1999 whatever people like it that's fine like what you like Hmm. uh all right uh our deacon wants to know with the expanding market that is esports do you see the triple a game developers publishing games uh specifically for esports um I think you have a little bit, but I don't know. Do you think there's a market for I, more esports games? Um, no. A market for more games with service games doesn't mean yeah. that they don't stop. You yeah. Know. Do, do you ever want to? I think. Go ahead. I think all multiplayer games are probably in consideration for that it just is a matter of how popular your game is every once in a while do you like hear about a game that apparently has an esport and you're like oh oh really people play that game competitively yes. like if it's not overwatch or like 
um, like I guess Rocket League I know a lot a bit about and like I know that like FIFA I and actually Madden saw do. something I don't remember what game it was but I saw something about it like this game esports the other day and I was like huh yeah I didn't think that that was a game that was and that's kind of why I say like any I think every multiplayer game that is an option yeah. it's just it's kind of decided by the community or if they want to put enough money towards yep. it to create that. And cause I mean a big enough prize will get anyone interested. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean uh, audience is there for yeah. it, but you will have interest from players. Ha- uh, have you ever watched a, a esport? Like I, we used to watch uh, that game that I don't understand Dota every once in a while. Yeah, we watched the Dota Championship. I've watched a lot of League of Legends, which those games do. Those games are good to watch, other than the fact that they're really obtuse and hard to understand unless you actually know what the heck the like how the game works. But I think the actual games themselves do lend themselves to being watchable once you kind of understand the game. Yeah. Whereas. Like Overwatch, it's amazing the production that they have behind the Overwatch League. Like that itself is kind mm, of amazing. Agreed. But I think Overwatch is kind of hard to watch. It's I don't think it's because it's it's hard to watch from like a first person perspective and kind of understand what's going on. Other than they're like, oh, they're very good at this game. It, Overwatch um, is too fast paced for me. Like I can't track right, it and fast it's so enough. fast. Yeah. It's um, and I think that's the hardest thing is video games aren't necessarily paced like yeah. sports. Yeah. Like watching a soccer game or a football game or a basketball game, like each of those games has a slightly different pace to it, but it they're pretty watchable. Yeah. Like whereas video games are kind of all over the place with like being really fast paced or a game maybe like counter-strike which can be super fast-paced but also strategic maybe yeah. nothing is happening at any specific time and or it can be really slowed down or and the thing is like you have 10 people's different point of views that's kind of important and it's like whose point of view do we actually want to see right now whereas like when you're watching a hundred yard field you kind of just you can see what's going on yeah which I mean, like when you see Overwatch from like the higher angles, like yeah, you're like, oh, I see them moving around the map, but it's like there's so many little details that are happening with like, okay, what what weapons are hitting, and oh, they have ultimates charging, and then they do this and that, and uh, oh, their ultimates are charged to seventy six percent, and uh, oh, his stuff's on cooldown. Oh, they like th- like all that stuff is all important, but it's like, how do you? Yeah how do you track that yeah. as a viewer? Um, I mean, I think so. to me, like the, uh, so when I used to go to a lot of soccer games, the seats that I had were about 20 rows up um, in the stadium. And the stadium we went to is relatively small. It was about 20,000 people. And, you know, we were towards the center, 20 rows up. And that view was amazing. Like it was great to be able to kind of see the entire field. And then uh, one day my dad ended up not being able to go to a game and he bought a ticket for a, a special event and it was on the first row. I'm like, oh my gosh, if, if the 20th row is good, the first row has got to be like that much better. And then I got there and I'm like, oh no, this isn't, this isn't right at all. Like I can't, I can't see an overview of the field. I can really only see too low to the ground. Yeah, I can really just see the people in front of me. I'm on the same level as the players. So players can get in front of other players. Um, You you want to know the good thing about sitting that close to the field? You can hear everyone. 
when you yell at the players they yeah, hear yeah, you. yeah but besides that like i was really it was not a great place to go it was probably some of the worst seats i've had um for a game because you just your, your view of the field so bad and i always feel that way about watching a lot of uh esports games is that the view of the game i want is not the view that they have a lot of it like they need to do right. more broad shots and less but i think that esports really need um some of the things that like professional football and professional hockey have now where they can like almost draw on the field and, you know, like a mm-hmm. lot more status indicators and that kind of thing, because what the player sees is not necessarily what I want to know about. Um, right. So I, you kind of, you want to know a, a general kind of overview yeah. of how things are going, yeah. which is, I think like league of legends and probably dota i just i'm not familiar with Dota, even though those games are very similar it's you kind of do get and i think that's partially why those games are so successful is you can okay they have this many towers and these many towers are knocked down and you can see okay they've they've killed this many minions and they have this much gold and they have these items that that create a power level it's like yeah, you don't need to necessarily know all the nitty-gritty details, but just those kinds of things all kind of add up to saying, okay, this team is ahead. And then there's like, oh, they can go for the... I can't remember yeah. what it's called, but like the big monster that gives them a buff. Yeah. And those kinds of things, it's like, okay, they're going for that. Um, and then you can watch the team fight, which is kind of hard to kind of understand exactly what's happening. But then all of a sudden people start dying yeah. and then you're like, oh, okay, that team won that. But it's like these little things. And because you're watching from, it's a similar view to the players because the game is yep. set that way and you don't have to go into first person. But most of what you're watching is, even though you're not necessarily seeing all 10 players at once, you, you get to see, yeah this and then you can see the map and how things are moving around. And I, I think Dota, like yeah. I, I watched the Internationals two years in a row and I have no idea at all how it works, but it's a very enjoyable game to watch. I think their announcers are very good too. I uh, Absolutely. I, I've watched not a lot of Rocket League, but I've watched some Rocket League because um, I think it translates okay. Like if it's, if it's a well done tournament and they've like have people controlling cameras well, it can be really, can be really good. But I think that they're their announcers usually aren't great. Um, they're usually like ex players right. that are fine, but not fantastic. They're not broadcasters. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So makes a huge difference. Yeah. And that's where I definitely think where I'm sure Dota and league of legends and I overwatch is probably getting there. Yeah. But again, I think it's just a harder game to commentate Absolutely. on, but that, that really does make a difference. I yeah, think I is when you have someone that can kind of explain the game in between, like the person watching and the players, and kind of yeah. be able to digest and spit out, and not be I yeah don't know, totally boring about no, it. I don't. Know. I absolutely agree. Absolutely. Uh, thanks, Rich, for that uh, question. Appreciate it. Uh, Princess Megan asks, "What is your favorite non-Disney animated movie?" Would you like me to go first? Yes. yes. It is probably uh, Into the Spider-Verse. I like that movie a lot. That was very good. Um, that being said, I watched uh, The Mitchells vs. Machines over the weekend, which is actually the new Netflix movie made by the people who did Into the Spider-Verse, and it is incredible. Like, it is so good. It's gorgeous. The story's great. Um, it's just 
fast-paced action. Um, it's a really interesting mix of uh, kind of like Into the Spider-Verse was an interesting mix of like animation techniques. Uh, the Mitchells versus the Machines is a really interesting mix of 2D and 3D. Um, it's on Netflix. It's I absolutely recommend it. It's like two hours long. It's terrific. Good family movie. Um, but probably Into the Spider-Verse is probably my favorite. Do you guys also have favorites? I like the uh, Chipmunk Adventures movie. A lot. <laughs> I love the Chipmunk Adventures movie. That movie is so oh. like my childhood. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Iron Giant is also very good. Yeah, Iron Giant's good. Um, I don't know. Like uh, the uh, Clone Wars movie is pretty decent. True. True. The Futurama Got, movies uh, are good. Yeah, they're 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 not movies though. That you know, Simpsons movies good. Simpsons movies very good. I agree. Yeah. What about you, Dylan? Um. The Fantastic Mr. Fox. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of animated. I'll take probably. That. Yeah. yeah. Um. I you I mean, know it's I, stop motion yeah. puppets, but good enough. Yeah. I'm gonna count it. Yeah, I think that counts absolutely. I like uh, non live action. I like the uh, Hotel Transylvania movies quite a bit too. Like I think that those are a series that is re- has remained like kind of surprisingly fresh when it probably had no reason to. Um, I don't know. I, I liked. Uh, I watch a lot of animation, to be honest. Um, the the Timmy the Sheep movie was pretty good. <laughs> What's that called? Call uh, Shaun, Shaun the, the Sheep. Sheep. Shaun the Sheep. Yeah, the Shaun the Sheep movie was pretty good. So yeah. I'm not quite old enough to love the Minions movies yet, but give me another twenty years, I'll be a boomer and I'll love them. I, so I do love the yeah, Minions. They're fun. I don't understand the like weird like I'm 65 and therefore must be obsessed with Minions, but they're fine. They're good. All right. Uh, next question, Big Chappy. This is a two-parter. Colby, what is your favorite? What is your perfect Sunday, as in the date? Like, so in Sunday as a day. Like, if how would you spend the perfect Sunday? Uh, probably hiking. Yeah, that's good. Good answer. Wait, no, I hate hiking on Sunday. I don't know. Probably playing video games. Sure. Yeah, that's, that's probably me too. How about you, Dylan? What's what's your perfect Sunday? Well, lately it's definitely uh, it would be disc golf in the morning and then probably getting everyone together for board games or a tabletop rpg in the evening when when i lived in michigan because that's pretty much what we do on that's a good that's a good sunday that's a really (laughs) good sunday um when i lived in michigan i was broke like super broke but i had a pass to the zoo and i had a pass to the henry ford museum and so a lot of sundays we'd get up super early because it's also gross and hot and humid in in detroit and we'd go oftentimes to both of those we'd like go cruise the zoo for a half hour and then go spend like a you know a couple hours at the the henry ford museum because they're kind of close to each other and like you know, like go early enough that you were home by lunch because we really probably didn't have the money to like actually like eat lunch at either of those places. Um, but they had uh, dipped cones at the uh, at the Henry Ford where you could get like a vanilla custard dipped in caramel or butterscotch. Those were super good. We get those because we could afford like two or three bucks <laughs> for ice cream. But those were those were good Sundays. It was it was a lot of fun. Like we. You know, we had nothing, but we we made the most of it. That was a good time. So that that's a pretty good Sunday. Um, and then uh, the follow up question is, what's your perfect Sunday? But like a dessert Sunday, like what would you put on a perfect Sunday? Caramel. Yeah. yeah caramel. That's good. it. So Dairy Queen, just soft serving caramel. That's, that's a good choice, Dylan. That's a good choice. That's it. That's it. Out uh, by where Colby lives, where I used to live, there's a place called Leatherby's that has. Um, 
they I, I don't think they make their own ice cream, but they they might. They might. Um, but they definitely make their own caramel. Um, and you can get a just giant heaping thing of ice cream. Like it's vanilla ice cream with uh, their homemade caramel sauce and nuts. And it is I, I dream about Leatherbees like that. That's the perfect Sunday. Anything from Leatherbees. How about you, Cole? I like um, uh, soft serve twist. Oh, good choice. Like uh, you used to be able to get it at uh, uh, Sweet Tomatoes. Yeah, I miss Sweet Tomatoes. Me too. Yeah. Rip. Uh, final question. Mansox wants to know what is your favorite. <laughs> this is this is a good question. What's your favorite flavor of ice pop? So the hell's an ice? I, pop? I assume like an otter pop. Oh. Is that a popsicle or specific? Yeah, I guess yeah, it's like frozen like a, like flavor in a pop. tube. Louis Blue Raspberry. Yeah. Do you have a favorite call? I like the purple ones. I I can't remember the one I like. It's it's like kind of light pink, but it's like the strawberry it's one. It's not strawberry. It's because uh, punch is the darker flavors. one, and then the lighter one's strawberry. I like Poncho Punch. Is the one I like. It's kind of oh, like okay. isn't that the darker one? No, the darker one is Scarlet O Cherry, I believe. Much like Gatorade, they don't have flavors; they have colors. The apparently the uh, according to the first result on uh, on Google, the flavors are Louis Blue Raspberry. Stra- oh no, Strawberry Shortcake. That's the red one. Strawberry Shortcake. Yeah. Sir Isaac Lime, Poncho Punch, Alexander the Grape, Little Orphan Orange, Scarlet O Cherry, and Rip Van Lemon. Um, the last two have been discontinued. So I didn't realize there was a cherry one. Yeah. I don't know if I've, uh, apparently the, I apparently it's bit, Scarlet O Cherry has been one. discontinued, so it, it may mm, you know, that explains yeah. it. Uh, I don't know. Otter pops. Have you had one recently? Yeah, they're, they're not, not great. <laughs> we used to do them for elementary school graduation, where we just pass them out to the kids, and there's always a bunch left over. Yeah. And I'm like, well, this is. They're amazing when it's really hot outside I, and you have a freezer full of them. They're better when it is really hot outside and you have a freezer full of them, but mostly they're just kind of like icy Kool-Aid. That's fine. Uh, all right, cheap free games. Uh, next week uh, is another mystery game from Epic. This this week's mystery game, apparently it's, there's going to be four weeks of mystery games. So the first one was NBA 2K21, which was, I mean, great if you like basketball. It's a $60 game. I do not really care for... Except every person who plays that already has it, I assume, because yeah, that's one of those games I think people kind of just get it when it comes out, and that's what they Probably. play. So I can't imagine. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it'll bring like, a bunch more a people, people into PC basketballing. I don't know. I downloaded it. It was free. Um, it's f- it's a mystery game as well this week, so I guess we'll see tomorrow what it is. Um, Humble Bundle actually has two pretty good bundles out right now. Um, one is called the Deck Build... And come on, game reload here. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It is called the deck build and battle set. Um, for a let's see, for a dollar you can get Thea the Awakening, which I don't know what that is. But for three dollars you can get uh, Cultist Simulator. I'm sorry, for the average price, ten dollars and thirty two cents, you can get Cultist Simulator, um, SteamWorld Quest, and Thea the Awakening. So Cultist Simulator for it's real good, and you've played SteamWorld. You liked it, Dylan, right? Yes. <laughs> Do you have a problem with with Cultus Simulator, Dylan? Uh, no. Someone just slid down my stairs on a slide, <laughs> and <laughs> so that question was really ill timed. <laughs> so 
I know this makes for terrible radio, but I'm going to turn the camera around. All right. Oh, that is. There's a slide on it. Oh, my God. You bought one of those weird slides off of Facebook? I didn't. I want to make that clear. I did not purchase this slide. I don't believe him. He paid money for that. But it appeared here momentarily. Uh, I almost bought one of those, and then I, I, I read the weight waiting on them. And I, I, on. I'm too heavy for a slide that goes down your stairs. So, also, my stairs end in a wall, so it would just be me like going down, hitting a wall. No, the if if you don't know what I'm talking about, search for slide stairs. The video that they made to sell those is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Um, I'm proud of you, Dylan. I think that's a good addition to your house. To be honest, do your cats go down them? It literally just went up about a minute ago. Love it. So the cats are staring at it. I assume they will love Excellent. it. Excellent. Love it. I think it's great. Anyway, uh, deck build and battle bundle. For $12, you can get Neoverse, Thea 2, The Shattering, Fantasy General 2, Imperator Rome, Cult of Simulator, Steam World, Quest, and Thea. I think the three-item bundle there is the sweet spot. For 10 bucks, you can get two games that are supposed to be pretty good. So there's that. And then also uh, an Humble. There haven't been very many good Humble bundles lately, so it's kind of exciting to see... Something new coming out of here. Uh, the best of Bandai Namco bundle. So for a dollar, you can get Pac-Man 2056, which, I mean, Pac-Man's cool, right? Uh, for $12, you can get Tekken 7, Tales of Bazaria. Bazaria? Bazaria? Bazaria. Whatever. Bazaria. Uh, uh, Katamari Dema- <laughs> Now I can't say anything. Katamari Damacy Reroll and Pac-Man 256. That's for 12 bucks. For the average, which is just under 20 you can get all those plus Tales of Zestiria, Rad, which Colby liked, um, and Little Nightmares Complete Edition, which I thought was pretty okay. Um, like, not the worst game you could play, but probably not the best. It's it, atmospheric, we'll say that. And then for uh, $20, you can add Code Vein and Project Cars to that list. So all pretty good bundles under 20 bucks. So so check that out over on the Humble Store. Um, let's see. If you are... I don't know if this is available on other things, so I can't, I can't speak super smart, but if you have an Xbox, and if you go download the Capcom Arcade Stadium... It's like one of those dumb things where, uh, you know, you like install the base game and then the DLC actually adds arcade games to that. Um, I don't know if I'd recommend that. Um, for 40 bucks, you can get Stadium Packs 1, 2, and 3, and it adds a bunch of old arcade games. Maybe you'd like that, maybe not. But for free, if you just download the base version, it comes with 1943. So 1943 is a pretty great uh, airplane game, and that's free. So go over to Xbox. That's probably, it's a Capcom game, so I assume that's on PlayStation and maybe Switch too, um, but I don't know. Um, but I, I recommend 1943. It's a good good little time waster. Um, let's see. PS Plus free games for this month are actually pretty good. Um, you can get Star Wars Squadrons available through July 5th. Um, I still don't understand this weird thing where they just like give you a game for five weeks. But you could probably beat Star Wars Squadron in five weeks. Um, Easy. Yeah. Uh, Virtua Fighter 5 Ultimate Showdown is available until August 2nd. And then Operation Tango, which I've never heard of, is available until July 5th. I... I'm, I'm I'm still kind of confused about the way these games work. I don't understand the idea of giving you, like, essentially a long demo of a game. Like, it's long enough to beat it, but only if you kind of, like, jump right into it. Um, but, I mean, I guess that's that's fine. So, I don't know. Star Wars Squadrons, Colby and I both thought were kind of, was kind of meh. Uh, Mansox gave it game of the year this year. So, you know, whatever. Virtua Fighter is always good. Um, Xbox Games with Gold this month. Um kind of underwhelming like they have been for a little while but who cares when you've got game pass 
Um, Armello is available May 1st to the 31st. That game actually looks really cool and kind of artsy. Like, I think it might actually be a good game. Uh, Dungeon 3 is available May 16th to June 15th. Lego Batman, which is really good if you like Lego games, but it's one of the oldest ones, so it plays kind of clunky. Uh, it's a 360 game is available May 1st to the 15th. And Tropico 4, another Xbox 360 game, is available May 16th to the 31st. Um, quick reminder on some Game Pass stuff. Uh... Conan Exiles is available cloud and console uh, tomorrow, or today, I guess, if you're listening to this podcast on the 27th. Fusion Frenzy is available in the cloud May 27th. Joyride Turbo is available in the cloud May 27th. MechWarrior 5 Mercenaries is available on console May 27th. Slime Rancher is available on PC May 27th. Solasta, Crown of the Magistrar, Magister, this is a, I don't like this game's title, but anyway, it's available on PC May 27th. And Spellforce 3 Soul Harvest is available May 27th. All right, we're an hour and 45 minutes into the podcast. Should we do a real quick games coming out in June? Sure. All right. Uh, coming out today is an airport for aliens currently run by dogs, which looks like the Woo! weirdest game I've ever seen. It's on the Xbox. I want it desperately. Um, I will probably buy that and play it this weekend. Uh, coming out June 1st, the Elder Scrolls Online Blackwood DLC is coming to PC and Stadia. So that is the latest expansion to ESO. Um, Wreckfest is coming to uh, the PlayStation 5. This is an enhanced version of Wreckfest. That is a uh, Destruction Derby game. It is very fun on June 1st. Um, Super Animal Royale is coming out June 1st, and I need everyone I know to buy this game because it is the best Battle Royale game in existence. It is um, very cartoony. You play as adorable animals and then shoot the shit out of each other. It is the only Battle Royale game that I have consistently come back to to play. It's been on Steam um, for a year or two. It is incredibly fun, and it's not not janky. It's actually quite good. Um... Very enjoyable. So get Super Animal Royale on the Xbox June 1st. That game is great. Uh, World of Warcraft, the Burning Crusade Classics. So that's the uh, like throwback version of the Burning Crusade expansion. It's coming to PC June 1st. Elder Scrolls Online uh, is coming to PS5 and Xbox Series X on June 8th. So that's a enhanced version of that. And then the Blackwood DLC is also coming out on June 8th to PS5, Xbox Series X, PS4, and the Xbox One. Final Fantasy Remake 7 Remake Integrate. I have no idea what this is. Something new in that Final Fantasy line. It is exclusive to the PlayStation for like a year. Um, it's coming out June 10th. I, I don't know anything about it. I don't really care. But I, if you like Final Fantasy, I bet you're interested in that. You probably do know what it is. Um, Ratchet and Clank, The Rift Apart is coming out for the, G, uh, the PS5. That's that new um, Ratchet and Clank game that has the female Ratchet, right? No, Clank. Which one's not the robot? Ratchet's the lemur looking thing, right? Yeah, it's got it's got a, yes. a female ratchet. Um, looks everything I've heard about that that looks incredible. I think PS5 exclusives at this point are weird because like it seems you're really locking down your audience. But whatever. Uh, Legend of Mana is coming to PC, PS4, and Switch June 24th. Uh, Mario Golf Super Rush. This game looks pretty good. I think Adam would probably be down for this. It's coming out June 25th. I'm going to probably be a $60 game that never goes on sale, but whatever. That's fine. Uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 uh, is coming out June 25th. The Switch, you like that game quite a bit, right, Dylan? Oh, it's so good. I need, so good. I need to pick that up at some point. Uh, Destroy All Humans is coming to the Switch June 29th. And finally, Zombies Ate My Neighbors and Ghoul Patrol, that's a double pack, is coming to the PS... Uh, I'm sorry, the PC, the PS4, the Xbox, and the Switch June 29th. That is a game that Colby and I remember fondly from our childhood. SNES game, Zombies Ate My Neighbors? Good yep. stuff. Yep. 
All right, that is, I don't know, the games coming out in June were a little bit weak, so we probably don't need to throw those into a separate podcast. Um, there's a ton of other games coming out in June. I just never heard of any of them. Um, like It's actually like a pretty big release month for like, I'm, I'm going to guess like indie niche games. There's probably a bunch of stuff in there that's good. I just didn't, I didn't, I never heard of any of it. So maybe we'll see kind of what comes out as things happen. Uh, anyways, that is it for this week. We are Bite Me Podcast. You can find out more about us at bitemepodcast.com. You can follow us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, slash Bite Me Podcast. You can join our Discord and come hang out with us all day long at bitemepodcast.com slash Discord. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Bite Me Podcast. Dylan Bite me Bite me